Hey, baby. I knew it was just a matter of time before all y'all sexy asses would be back for round two with Kellen Love. And here we are. It's just me and you and some numbers and data that together we are going to make sexy. That's S-E-X-Y. Because that's what Kellen Love was born to do, baby. I knew your sweet ass couldn't resist. So how about Kellen Love pours you a nice glass of Merlot so we can get low and get it on with a deep dive on The Price is Wrong, baby. All those dollars flying around in this auction league reminds me of Kellen Love's old job back at the club. Swinging that man meat for the ladies' cash down at the club. Yo ass ain't the only keeper in the room, though. Because we ain't gonna cover the keeper league in some hot, sticky analysis, too. We gonna go long. And hard. And sexy. On both leagues. It's Kellen Love and two sexy leagues for the Kellen Love threesome. So open up them lips and let Kellen Love insert this masterclass level spreadsheet analysis. <laughs> the sheets won't be the only thing spreading before I'm done with you. So buckle up, dress on down, and get ready to get down because Kellen Love is ready to. Kellen Love, what are you doing here? Oh shit, I gotta go, babies. But Kellen Love loves all y'all. Sorry guys, Kellen Love got loose again, but this is the commission. I don't know what that animal said to you guys. He made an appearance on the draft recap segment of the Auction League a couple of months ago. But you keeper leaguers haven't met him yet. He just can't be contained. So uh, anyways, here's what I want to do today now that he's out of the room. Much like the Auction League draft recap pod, we're going to make these numbers sexy. I'm fully aware that the weekly previews and the reviews on the pods were getting very dry and very dull. I was getting bored recording them, so I can only imagine how you guys were feeling about them. I wanted to think of something to jazz this up, and I thought, why not have like a mid-season review kind of thing? So what I want to do, I want to review standings. I want to review the over-unders set before the season and where teams are in regards to those over-unders. I want to go down to a player level and see who the top and bottom performers are, stuff like that. There will be different data for both leagues, um, which I guess, if you haven't gathered this yet, um, sorry if you guillotine leaguers tu uh, tuned in. You're more than free to listen to this pod, but there won't be any guillotine coverage in this one. I owed it to the other two leagues to give them some good content. So again, we will start with the auction league today and then go to keeper. There will be a lot of similarities, but also some different things since, there are, since the, the two are very different leagues. A fun wrinkle we have in Auction League is that it is an auction league. So we will have some fun with dollar amounts uh, that players were auctioned for in the draft. In Keeper League, we have a very unique draft format. So we can compare uh, player values with draft capital spent on each player in the draft uh, and compare those numbers and see where they rank today. 
more details will come as we get into each segment. Uh, segment, but I hope you enjoy. One other thing I will say, there's going to be a lot of numbers coming at you. If you guys want the spreadsheet data I used for this, let me know. It might make it easier to follow along. It's an email away if you want it, and I'm happy to send it your way if you're, if you're interested and you're free to explore the data yourself too. It's going to be fun today on this Thanksgiving week. I want to show you a good time. Kel Love will always show you a good time, babies. Damn it, Kel Love, get out of here. Sorry, guys. Let's get into this thing. All right, we'll keep the killing love theme going here for the first couple of songs and then get back to something a little more normal. All right, auction lead, buckle in, boys. Um, what I'm going to do, first, I'm going to start with a look at the top 180 players uh, so far this year. Uh, why 180? Uh, because I got tired of copying and pasting from Yahoo and I had to draw the line somewhere. So... Uh, if you guys want to pay me to quit my job so I can do this full time and have unlimited time, I'll do top thousand players. I don't, I don't give a shit, but, um, I have the draft data still handy. So what I'm going to do is basically review the draft. Given that this is an auction league, we have dollar amounts that each player was drafted for. And now that we have 10 full weeks of fantasy football scoring, we can use those dollars, uh, those dollar amounts to find the values of each player that was drafted. Since we are in the thick of bye week season, I took this one step further and I converted the season totals down to a points per game level. Points per game will be a fun enough metric and we'll do that, but that's not why we're here. The name of the game in auction format fantasy football is value. So the commission took it a step further and the meat of this segment will be the metric I created that is points per game per draft dollar spent. Example, if a player went for $1 in our draft and has played 10 games this season and scored a total of 100 points so far on the season, that's a points per game average of 10 points per game and comes out to a 10 points per game per dollar spent in the draft. Basically, I want rankings of the question. With every dollar you spent in the draft, how many points per game is that getting you? Another item kind of under this umbrella of the draft slash player breakdown is I have the positional ranks of each player. Now I do have the overall rank info as well where position doesn't really matter, so or doesn't matter at all. So obviously there's a lot of QBs at the top, but what I did with this positional data was assign simply a number value to each player. Another example, Kareem Hunt is running back 35 so far in the year. So I assigned Kareem Hunt the value of 35. Running back 35 is just 35. Rondell Moore, for another example, is wide receiver 35 so far in the year. So he has a value of 35. I went through each team and assigned these values to each player in the top 180, and I had some fun with those numbers. That will be the bulk of, that, of this segment, but I'll have other smaller things along the way. Then what I want to do is I'll give a quick team analysis for each team, quick record recaps, who's hot, who's cold, who's overall streaky. I'll give the team's highs and low scores so far in the year, so it's kind of your floor versus your ceiling. 
Then finally, uh, I'll review those over-under surveys that I sent out in the preseason and that everybody voted for. Um, and then I'll end, uh, I'll end with a standings review. Okay, so let's get into the bulk of what this segment is going to be. So the top 180 players. Again, I have this all boiled down to the points per game per dollar spent in the draft. Again, the question is, with every dollar you spent in the draft, how many points per game is that getting you? Let's start with the good here. The top player for points per game per dollar is Geno Smith. He's quarterback eight on the year. He's eighth overall, regardless of position. He's on Jose's team, D's Bow Nuts. He's played 10 games. He has yet to have his bye week. Uh, actually, I think, you know, th- okay, here's an, a good point. This data is through week 10. As of right now, I'm recording this on Sunday afternoon. Week 11 is currently ongoing. So this is through last week. But through those 10 weeks, Geno Smith has scored 216.76 points. It boils down to an average, take that number divided by 10, 21.68 points. Jose got Geno Smith for $1 in the draft. So Geno Smith leads the way. His points per game per dollar is 21.68 points. That's a high score. That is useful. Second on this list, we have Justin Fields to Kyle. His points per game per dollar is 21.47. We then have Marcus Mariota to Hertz Donut, which is Eric, 17.53. DeAndre Hopkins is our first non-quarterback on this list. He's wide receiver five on the year. Overall, he's player 31. That is Brett's player. Child, please. DeAndre Hopkins has a points per game per dollar of 17.4. A couple more here. Jacoby Brissett uh, is uh, Cam's player. That's internet money. He's at 17.13. Then we have New England's defense. A defense is up there. It's 17 points per game. That is my player. Money laundering. Last one. Dallas. Another defense. That uh, belongs to Jose. D's bow nuts. His PPGPD points per game per dollar is 16.67. Those are the top players on this list. The bottom players, let's start with the worst. This might be shocking, but Jonathan Taylor to Eric, his points per game per dollar is 20, I'm sorry, 0.23. Jonathan Taylor, through 10 weeks, has scored 86.6 points. Eric Bought him in the auction for $53. Eric is not even getting a quarter's worth of value for Jonathan Taylor. Another running back is next on this list, and it's a name we all know. Najee Harris to Kyle. Big Gallery Energy. His PPGPD is 0.27. Then we have Cooper Cup with a number of 0.33. Then DeAndre Swift, 0.35. Delvin Cook, 0.35 as well. At 0.36, we have Christian McCaffrey. I'm sorry, I forgot to say whose teams these are on. Cooper Cup belongs to Cam. DeAndre Swift to Matt. Delvin Cook to Tommy. Uh, Christian McCaffrey to Jose, 0.36. Then Cortland Sutton, that's my guy, 0.37. couple more here. Joe Mixon, premium assets at Singer, 0.38. Also 0.38 is Jamar Chase. That's Matt's player. And then Debo Samuel. Uh, Jose's player, 0.39. 
The average on this list is somewhere in between Dan, uh, Daniel Carlson, the kicker, uh, it's Tommy's player. Uh, he's at 4.56 points per game per dollar. Uh, and again, it's somewhere between Dan Carlson and Miles Sanders, who is Matt's player, who's at a PPGPD of 4.32. The median of this group is Dak Prescott to Brett for 1.85. And then to kind of go back to our draft, Joe Burrow was what the analytics said was the quote-unquote worst value of the draft. The Washington Potatoes, Mark, bought Joe Burrow for $30. Joe Burrow um, has scored, through 10 weeks, 232.75 points. That's a PPGPD of 0.86. So it is below average. Um, The um, lack of value that the uh, draft recap spreadsheet called out Turned out to be kind of true. Was it the worst value? Definitely not. There's quite a ways there, but um, there's definitely not great value there, even though Joe Burrow is quarterback four on the year. And overall, he is number four as well. Elijah Mitchell, who went to Tommy, was uh, deemed the best value of the draft based on the spreadsheet analysis. But Eli Mitchell has been hurt, so he's not even on this list of uh, of the top 180. I have this list if you guys want to see where all your players are. Um, Again, I I should mention this again. This is only the drafted players. Uh, Why didn't I do something similar for free agents? Because I have a job and I didn't have the time or patience to update all of that manually with the dollar amounts that everybody picked up every free agent for. Again, if you guys want me to quit my job and pod and commission full-time, let me know. If you guys want to pay me a salary, we can do that all next year. I will tell you that the highest scoring players based on points per game that were free agents, again, this is based on points per game. We don't have that points per game per dollar metric that I had for the drafted players, but just based on points per game, um, those players are Jimmy Garoppolo leads the way with 18.48 points per game, then Kenny Pickett. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is on Brett's team, and Kenny Pickett on my team, 156 Andy Dalton on Tommy's team is 15.29. Tyler, Taylor Heineke, Jose's guy, 15.21. Philadelphia's defense, uh, Eric's defense, 15.11. Minnesota's defense, Brady got back, that's Matt, 13.22. Then we have the New York Giants, currently not on a team, 12.89. And San Francisco's defense, uh, also on Matt's team, 12.44. There's the quick free agency uh, for you. Um, one thing back to the drafted players, the, I mentioned the average in this group, it was somewhere in between Daniel Carlson and Miles Sanders. Uh, Dan Carlson's PPGPD was 4.56. Miles Sanders was 4.32. The exact average was 4.46. And the median number was 1.85, um, which was exactly Dak, uh, Dak Prescott. Actually, obviously a median will have an exact match there, so. Um, I think that's it for that section. A couple other things I wanted to highlight here. On a a team level, um, which team had the most players at or above average? Premium Assets leads the way. That's Singer. He's got six, and he's the only team with six. Behind him is Hurts Donut, Child Please, and Deez Bow Nuts. 
That's Eric, Brett, and Jose, each with five. Then we have three teams with four. It's Cam, Internet Money, Big Gallery Energy is Kyle, Washington Potatoes is Mark. Money Wandering and Brady Got Back, that's Matt and myself. We each have three. And then New Lorenz, same defense, alone at the bottom with one. All right, sorry, guys. Had to do a, a data check here. Um, but we're all good to go. So let's go um, now with most players below average. Uh, this isn't necessarily bad. Obviously, you want your players below or above average. But even if you're below average, you still have players. That means you still have players on this list of the top 180. So um, money laundering, I lead the way here with 11. Actually, I'm tied for the lead with uh, Matt. Brady got back. We each have 11. Next is Brett with 10. And two teams with nine, Mark and Tommy. We have three teams at seven, Singer, Cam, and Kyle. And then the two teams at the bottom, I guess, uh, are Eric and Jose. They each have six. Let's do the same. Uh, we did uh, the average. Now let's do the median. So obviously there will be a lot of similarities here, but there's some differences. So quickly, uh, eight is the highest uh, count here. That's uh, And it goes to Singer and Brett. Then we have Eric and Mark, each with seven. Then it's uh, Cam, myself, and Matt, all with six. Jose with five. Kyle with four. Tommy with three. Now most players below the median. I lead the way with eight, tied with Matt, also at eight. Then at seven, we have Brett, Kyle, and Tommy. At six, we have uh, Jose and Mark. Five is Singer and Cam. And then with four at the bottom, is Eric. All right, so next let's just do, on a team level, how many players does each team have in the top 80, uh, top 180? Singer leads the way, premium assets. He's got 18 of the top 180 players currently on his roster. In second place, there's a two-way tie with Matt and myself, each with 17. Then we have Brett with 16, and then Kyle, Jose, and Mark, all with 14. Then Eric and Cam with 13 each, and then Tommy with 12. The next metric, next metric I have, I'm calling it average positional rank of those players. So each player has a positional rank. For example, Justin Fields, he's on Kyle's team. He's quarterback nine on the season. So the position rank I gave him was just a nine. Jared Goff is quarterback 21. I gave him a, a rank of 21. Stefan Diggs is wide receiver one. He has a one. DK Metcalf is wide receiver 31. So his rank is 31. So I did that for each player. And then I took, for each team, the average of that number. Eric leads the way with an average positional rank of 14.15. Um, then we've got a couple, well, the next closest is Brett. He's kind of right on his heels with a score, uh, a rank, an average rank of 15.38. Then we have Singer at 17.4, and just behind him is myself, 17.77. And we have Matt, 18.24. Jose at 18.29. Uh, that's kind of the end of the, the middle of the pack there. The guys at the bottom here are Mark with a score of 22.7, uh, 22.57, I'm sorry. And Tommy with 23.25. Um, oh, I think I messed up. Then it's myself with 23.59. I think I said I was internet money. 
Cam is fourth on this list with a score of 17.77. I'm second to last, actually. Then in last is Kyle, 24.64. Then I did something similar. Um, I have the average overall rank of those players. So this does not look at position. It's just who's the top player in the league. That's Patrick Mahomes. Um, Najee Harris is player number 32. Here's an example. Najee Harris, player number 32. So his rank is 32. So I, I didn't get too complicated with that. When we look at these, uh, Brett leads the way. His average overall rank of the players on his team in the top 180 is 63. Then it's Eric with 65.23, just behind him. Then we have Jose with an uh, average overall rank of 74.93. Then Singer with 81.11. Then Matt, 81.76. Kyle, 85.07. Cam, 86.3. Tommy, 88.25. Myself with 88.65. And then Mark with 92.71. All right, now the one that I probably had the most fun with was the points per game per dollar, that stat I kind of created. I came up with that for each player, so I might as well come up with a, a team average for that as well. So for every dollar you spent in the draft, what is that getting for your team on, on a weekly basis You know, for each dollar you spent? Jose leads the way. With every dollar he spent on the draft, he's getting 7.52 points. Hertz Donut, Eric, is second place. He's got 6.05. Singer is in third with 5.95. Then Cam, 5.90. Then Kyle, 5.62. Uh, then Brett, 4.25. Then Mark, 4.01. Then myself with 3.46. Matt with 2.69. And then Tommy with 1.42. All right, if you're interested, I have each team broken up with, like, here's your roster, here's where they rank. So, like, uh, Justin Herbert, uh, Matt's team. Justin Herbert, quarterback 12, Tom Brady, quarterback 14. It, it's got all positions, too. If you want that, let me know. I think that's it for that. Part of what I wanted to cover there, now what I want to do is kind of like a quick team analysis for each team. So um, let's let's look at records first. So I guess I'll review standings. Um, this might be a good time to do that, I guess. So um, in first place is myself, 8-2. and two. Uh, Then we have Singer with 7-3, and three. Matt at 6-4. and four. Also at 6-4 uh, and four is Mark. Then we have Jose at four and six, Brett at four and six, Eric at four and six, Kyle at four and six, Tommy at four and six, Cam alone at three and seven at the bottom. So let's look at my, uh, I guess, season recap first overall. So I started the season hot with three wins, then I had my first loss, another two-game win streak, loss. Now I'm currently looking at a three-game winning streak, working on a fourth. My highest score, I have, I have two high scores on the week. My highest score so far this year was 214.69 points. My low score on the year was 101.27. Another metric I have is the difference. So it's kind of like, what is that space between your floor and your ceiling? Mine was pretty large. It's actually the largest in the league. I don't know if that's good or bad. 
but my the difference between my floor and ceiling is 113.42. On average, I guess I'll get to average later. Um, let's go next to Kyle. So um, Kyle's record is four and six. Kyle started the season with a two-game losing streak. Then he evened it out with two wins back-to-back. Lost, win, loss, loss, win, loss. He's behind the eight ball a little bit. His high score, he does not have any high scores on the week yet this year. Uh, yet this year, His high score on the year is 159. His low is 122. So he actually has the lowest difference between floor and ceiling at only 36.57. Again, mine was 113.42. So massive difference there. Next team, let's go to Mark. And Mark is six and four. Um, he's been back and forth. Loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, 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 loss, win. So he's been heating up quite a bit uh, later. That three-game winning streak he had was huge for him in week six through eight. His highest score on the year so far is 168 points. His low was 97.96. His total difference is 70. And Mark does not have a high score on the week yet this year. Next up, let's go to Tommy. New Loren, same defense. He's four and six on the year. Um, also kind of back and forth here. Uh, he's been tailing off, though. He went win, loss, win, loss, loss, win, win, loss, loss, loss. So the bleeding's got to stop here soon. I'm actually playing him, so I hope that bleeding does not stop. But Tommy has two of the highest scores of the week uh, in week three and week six. Um, it's not bad. He's got a fairly high ceiling. His high score on the year so far is 172.29, and his low is 91.23. That's a difference of 81. Next up, let's go to Matt. Matt's record currently is 6-4, and four, and he's also kind of streaky. He went win-win, loss-win, win-win, loss-loss-loss, win. So a lot of streaky teams out there. You don't want to get caught playing the wrong team at the wrong time. But Matt has one weekly high score, and it was in week one, uh, and it's actually his highest score so far on the year. He scored 170.79. His lowest score on the week is 112. That's a difference of 58.42. Next team up is Brett, who's also four and six. Um, kind of, you know, not really a trend here. Brett went loss, win, loss, loss, win, loss, win, win, loss, loss. Another team that needs to stop the bleeding. You don't want that three-game losing streak. Brett had one of the highest weekly scores in week eight. He had 182.49, but his highest score on the year so far is 199.04, which was week two. His low score on the year is 104.56. That's a difference of 94.48. Let's go to Eric's team next. Hurts Donut, four and six. A lot of four and six guys. Um, yeah, kind of similar here. Eric started with a win, then a loss, then a second loss, then a win, and then, bam, three losses in a row and two wins in a row, and then he's back on the losing trail as of last week. There are no high weekly scores. He did have 
Uh, his highest score so far in the year is 177.33 in his low. He has the lowest score in a week uh, for the whole league, 80.42. That's a brutal week. Uh, that's a difference of 96 points. Next team up is Cam, who is alone at the cellar uh, of the, the league rankings. He's 3-7, and seven, loss, loss, win, loss, 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 win, win. Nice two-game winning streak here for Cam. He needs it, but he lost Cooper Cup, so good luck with that one, buddy. He does not have <clears throat> a high score for any week. Uh, his highest score that he has on the season is 153.75. That is the lowest highest score in the league. His lowest score of any week is 102.95. That's a difference of 50.8. Next, we'll go to Singer, the second place team at 7-3. Singer started out, hot, uh, started out hot. He had a three-game winning streak. Then he had loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, win. He had in week nine the highest score in the week with 194.95. And that is that is his highest score of the year so far. His lowest score of the year was 108.52. That's a difference of 86.43. Last team here, this has gone longer than I expected, but Jose. Jose's record is four and six. Jose is surging. Jose started 0-3. Then he dug himself out of the hole a little bit with two back-to-back wins. Then he had another loss. But then he won another two in a row. Now he's back on the losing trail with two losses in a row. Jose, though, has some firepower. I'm kind of glad to end with Jose's team because Jose is a very exciting team. Jose has three weekly high scores, weeks four, weeks five, and week seven. His high score on the week was 191.15. His low is 115.72. That's a difference of 75.3. Of those differences, I have the highest difference. Again, I don't know if that's good or bad. It's probably bad because, well, I have the highest score so far in the league for any week. Um, and but, but my low is 101. So that's why there's such a big range. I have the biggest difference. Then it is Brett and Eric. Uh, with scores right around the 95 area. The lowest difference is Kyle. So Kyle's consistent, at least. You kind of know what you're getting. Uh, but if you hit 150, 140, you're probably going to come away with a win. Uh, the next two smallest is Matt. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Let's go next to... Actually, so Kyle has the smallest difference by far. And with 37, we'll call it. The next closest is Cam with 50.8. And then there's another gap before we get to Matt. He's next at 58.42. It's quite a range there. The the smallest difference in the league is 36.57. The largest is 113. That's massive. One more thing with these averages um, and medians. So let's go who's got the highest average, who's got the highest median, who's got the lowest. Uh, I lead the way. Uh, highest average in the league with 153.98 with a median of 153.5, uh, 0.74. Uh, this is already going too long. I'm going to just skip the median. Kyle is... Um, uh-oh. Bear with me. we got to resort this. Just enjoy some Avicii real quick. 
There we go. It's a little better. So I lead the way with 153.98 as my average. Then is Jose with 149.23. Then we got Singer, 148.21. Brett with 145.60. Matt, 139.78. Eric, 136.25. Tommy, 135.42. Mark, 133.79. Kyle, 132.35. Cam at the bottom, 130 and a half. Okay, real quick, I just want to recap the highest scores so far of this season. I'm at the top of the list. My week two score of 214.69. Then Brett's week two score. Well, week two is the highest score in week. Brett's week two score of 199.04 is next. Singer's week nine score of 194.95 comes in at third. Jose's week five score of 191.15 is in fourth. Then Jose again. His week four score of 188.77. Then we have Brett in sixth. His week eight score of 182.49. Eric then, his week week eight was a big scoring week. We have three consecutive week eight, week eight scores. So Eric is in seventh. His week eight score of 177.33. Singer is in eighth. His week eight score of 177.01. Then we're on to a week nine score. It's myself with 175.78. And then Tommy is 10th on the list with his week three score of 172.29. The average score total for the league. Um, uh-oh, do I have that? Started talking, didn't even say if I had it. I can do it real quick. Hopefully people care, I don't know. Through 10 weeks, the league scores on average 1,401.23 points per week. Okay, last thing, I believe, for the auction league, those over-unders that I set before the season started, after the draft. Let's review those. Let's see where we're sitting. Um, the highest over-under I set was for myself. Wow, um, that's, I guess I thought very highly of myself. Eight and a half was the line uh, in 14 regular season games. I set my over-under as eight and a half. I have eight wins through... Week 10, so I guess my over-under was actually pretty close. If you remember, I had everybody vote on each team's over-under. The league voted by uh, five votes to three for the over that I would hit the over on the eight and a half. Let's go to Kyle next. The over-under set by the commission was six and a half. <clears throat> Through 10 weeks, he has four wins. Um, that could be pretty close, actually. He, Kyle probably has about two more wins in him. If he gets hot, he could do more. Let's see, the league voted for the under by a score of 5-3 to three for Kyle's over-under of 6.5. Mark's over-under was also 6.5 through 10 weeks, so he has 6. So he's probably likely to beat that by a decent margin. And the, the league was correct. They voted for the over for Mark in the preseason poll uh, by a score of 5-3. to three. Oh, I forgot. We didn't get all 10 votes. That's that's a bummer. See how fun this is to revisit this, guys? That should be motivation. Get the surveys done. It means more fun stuff. Tommy is next. The over-under set by the commission in the preseason was 7.5. Through 10 weeks, Tommy has four wins. So Tommy better figure some things out. He might fall a little bit short. But how did the league vote for Tommy? They, handed, they hammered the under. There was only one vote for the over. Um, I think the league had this one correct. Next up is Matt. 
Nine and a half was the over-under set for Matt. Okay, I thought I had the highest over-under, eight and a half. That, I, that is not what I sorted by. So, Matt, over-under, nine and a half. It looks like that is a tie with Brett for the set, for the highest over-under set um, for a line uh, by me. So, Matt's nine and a half, over-under, nine and a half. He has six wins through ten weeks. It's probably very close. He's probably going to fall just shy with four weeks to go once he runs the table. How did the league vote? The league hit the the under pretty hard by a score of six to two. All right, next up is Brett, also a nine and a half line. He has four wins through ten weeks. I think I missed. I think I misread this one. I don't know if the the commission may not have a future as a bookie uh, as a bookmaker in his future. Uh, Brett's probably going to fall short of this line by a couple of games, and. The league guessed correctly. You guys are good gamblers. Damn. Seven to one for the under was the vote for Brett's over under. Next up is Eric. Seven and a half was the line set. He's got four wins. It's probably pretty close. Um, how did the league vote? They hit the under just barely. Uh, five by score, five to three. The unders have it. Next up, Cam. I think I missed this one pretty bad. I set the line at six and a half. He has three wins through these 10 weeks. I think I missed that one pretty bad. That might be my worst one yet, actually. I think uh, I just gave my boy Cooper Cup a little too much uh, love. And there was only one vote for the over of Cam's line of six and a half. So the under received seven of eight votes. Looks like you guys are smarter than I am. Next up, Singer. We got two more. Singer's line was eight and a half. He has seven wins. I think he should beat this line. And if I can find singers here, 50-50 split. Our first one of those. Four votes each for the over and the under. Um, looks like singers probably going to come in at the over. I think I set a damn good line on that one, though. I'm pretty proud of myself. Finally, got Jose. The line was set at six and a half. He has four wins through ten weeks. This is one that's also pretty close. I think I did a good job there. The under was the winning vote by a score of five to three on Jose's line of six and a half. Okay. Did I cover everything? That's it. I see nothing else on my agenda. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I think it dragged on for a little longer than I expected. Um, again, if you guys want the spreadsheets, I can send them to you. Might make it easier to follow along and you can dive deeper and look just at your team if you want to go more in depth with your team um but that is all i have for today hope you enjoyed it on to the keeper league guys i knew i was forgetting something i actually forgot two things so i want to go back to that points per game per dollar discussion i was going through i have this broken up now by position so we can see in the top 100 players um, top performing, well, you know, best values, worst values within those top 180 from our draft. So let's start with quarterback. I already said Geno Smith was the number one in the whole damn thing. 21.6 was his points per game per dollar. He's on Jose's team. Then we had Justin Fields. I already mentioned him as well. Um, that's Kyle's quarterback. His PPGPD was 21.47. Then we had Marcus Mariota. Eric's guy, 17.53. Then Jacoby Brissett, 
Cam's quarterback, 17.13. And then Cam's guy again, Davis Mills, 14.12. Those guys were all for a dollar. So, I mean, Geno Smith has been straight up good. Justin Fields is on a tear. Mariota has been functional at times. Brissett and Mills kind of suck. But when you paid a dollar for him, you're getting crazy good production, actually. So um, good on Cam for those. Those are actually kind of snipes. Those are value plays that paid off. Um, fortunately, unfortunately, when you lose Cooper Cup, you're, you're toast anyway. So Cam's dead in the water. <clears throat> um, let's go. Let's look at the worst of the quarterbacks on a PPG PD basis. Dead last is Justin Herbert. Matt's quarterback, uh, he has a PPGPD of 0.67. Again, this PPGPD is, with every dollar you spent in the draft, how many points per game is that getting you? Second on the, the bad side is Josh Allen, my guy. Uh, his PPGPD is 0.86. Then it's Joe Burrow, uh, 0.86 as well. Same as Josh Allen, actually. Uh, then we have Lamar Jackson. Uh, for Tommy, 0.97. And then Tom Brady to Matt is exactly 1.00. Uh, next on that list is Russ. That's, that's where I'll end it. That's Singer's guy, 1.02. Let's go to the running backs. Jamal Williams is number one on this list for running backs, and that is before his three-touchdown day that he had today. Jamal is Jose's guy. His number is 13.84. That's phenomenal. We then have the rookie, Kenneth Walker III. That is Singer's running back. He's at 13.33. Then Khalil Herbert, he's injured now, but Jose got some good value from him. Uh, his number was 11.08. The way he then had Michael Carter, that's Brett's running back, 9.23. And James Robinson was next. That's Cam's guy at 9.01. Last, let's look at the bad running backs. Jonathan Taylor, dead last. Eric's guy, 0.23. Then we had Najee Harris for Kyle, 0.27. DeAndre Swift for Matt, 0.35. Delvin Cook for Tommy, 0.35. Uh, Christian McCaffrey for Jose, 0.36. And finally, Joe Mixon, Singer, 0.38. At wide receiver, We'll start with the good. DeAndre Hopkins, number one. He hasn't played much, but he's his PPGPD is 17.4. That's for Brett. Jacoby Myers next on the list for Eric, 11.8. Then Chris Olave, the rookie, with Singer, 11.2. Rondell Moore next for Matt, 9.71. Uh, and then Garrett Wilson uh, for Mark, 9.51. Well, next on the list, my, the guy I like, Isaiah McKenzie for Kyle, 8.58. On the bad side for wide receivers, dead last, Cooper Cup. For Cam, 0.33. Then my guy, Cortland Sutton, 0.37. Jamar Chase, 0.38. And Debo Samuel, 0.39. Now, all those guys, besides Cortland Sutton, Debo's had his ups and downs. But Jamar and Cooper Cup, until Coop got injured, they're having very good seasons. It's just they were probably they were just overspent. You overspent for him in the draft. Jamar went for forty-four bucks. Cooper Cup went for fifty-five. It's just hard to get value when you spend that kind of money. Uh, even Justin Justin Jefferson is next on this list at zero point four. C.D. Lamb zero point four two. Devontae Adams zero point four two. So a lot of big names of guys that are producing, but it, they just cost too much. 
go tight ends next. We'll do these very quickly. Where's tight end? David Njoku, uh, a free agent, actually. 8.89, because uh, he would have been $1. Pat Fryermuth, singer. Uh, singer's got 8.04. And then Cole Komet, 3.49. On the bad side, Travis Kelsey, 0. 0.5, because he costs 35 bucks. Jose just spent 35 bucks on him. I'd probably say it's worth it, but for this metric... Um, it's not one of the more favorable metrics because Mark Andrews is next on here too. He went for $25 to me, and he's actually tied with Kelsey at 0.5. TJ Hawkinson, uh, that's where I'll end it. Uh, he's next on the bad side for Brett. 1.46, at least he's above one. I'll do defense and kicker quickly. The best defense was New England. That's my defense. Uh, 17 PPGPD. The worst was Buffalo to Brett. Uh, the PPGPD is five. At kicker, best was Nick Folk to Eric, 9.78. The worst is Dan Carlson to Tommy for 4.56. All right, there's one more thing I wanted to touch on here. Oh, I'll do uh, each team's best and worst PPG per dollar. Um, I don't have this very organized. Bear with me, but we'll rip through this. Start with Kyle, Big Gaylor Energy. His best PPG PD is Justin Fields at 21.47. Um, for the guys that have, have metrics, again, the free agents don't have any values. So his lowest is the 0.27. That's Najee Harris. For Brady Got Back, which is Matt, 9.71 looks to be the highest. Rondell Moore was his best value. And his worst... 0.38 Jamar Chase. Brett, child, please. 17.4 DeAndre Hopkins. That's a that's a nice number. And the lowest is 0.51 for Mike Evans. On to Jose's team, D's bone nuts. His best is Geno Smith. I've already talked uh, about him quite a bit. So we'll go to the next guy. Dallas's defense, 16.67. And Jose's worst guy. At 0.36, Christian McCaffrey. Just too damn expensive for this metric. Hertz Donut, Eric. His highest score is 17.53, Marcus Mariota. Great value. The lowest for Eric is a 0.23, Jonathan Taylor. He's actually the worst in the game that we have for this metric. Internet money, Cam, is next. Looks like Jacoby Brissett is his top guy, 17.13. And last for Cam is 0.33 Cooper Cup. Yep, we talked about him too. No shocker there. My team. My highest was New England's defense, 17 PPG PD. Uh, and my worst looks like a 0.37 to Cortland Sutton, that bag of dicks. He has torn me apart in multiple leagues this year. I blame Russ. Tommy next, New Lorenz, same defense. His best is, <clears throat> oh, Tommy, not much value out here, man. 4.56, Dan Carlson, the kicker. We'll go one more. Derek Carr, 2.2. That is good value there. Tommy's worst is 0.35, Dalvin Cook. A little bit of a surprise there. Uh, two more teams. Bear with me, guys. Premium Assets, Singer is next. 13.33 for Kenneth Walker, the third for Singer. That's his top guy. 
His lowest is 0.38, Joe Mixon. Our final team, Washington Potatoes. That's Mark Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones, 13.32. That's Mark's uh, most valuable player based on our metric. And then 0.42. There's a tie. C.D. Lamb and T. Higgins for Mark are those lowest there. Okay, that's it now. Now we are on to the Keeper League. All right, Keeper League, it's your turn. I'm going to start. Well, let me just say, this will be similar in a lot of ways to the Auction League, uh, but also very different. You'll catch on as we go. But I'm going to start in a very identical spot as the Auction League, if you listen to that. I'm going to take a look at the top 205 players so far in our Keeper League. Why 205? I had done it somewhere. It seemed like a good number. I got tired of copying and pasting from Yahoo. But um, I have the draft data still handy from our draft. So what I'm going to do is basically review the draft. Given that this is a keeper league, we have data for keeper versus draft picks. And now we have 10 full weeks of fantasy scoring. Um, so we can use this draft data to say, okay, this player was drafted 10th overall. Through 10 weeks, have they performed as player number 10 on the year? or better than player number 10, or worse than player number 10. Who is overperforming, who is underperforming, as both the best and worst keepers and the best and worst draft picks. Basically, I want rankings of the question, who were the values and the team killers when you look at where each player was selected in the draft. That will be the bulk of the segment, but I have other smaller things along the way. I will also give quick team analyses for each team, Quick record re recap, same as auction. Who's hot, who's cold, who's streaky, for better or for worse. Uh, I will give each team's highest and low scores, floor versus ceiling, all that stuff. Then finally, I'll review the over-under surveys that I sent out in the preseason and everybody voted on. Um, we'll see where each team sits in regards to their preseason over-under. And I'll end with a quick standings review. So let's get into this first. Our top 205 players so this is kind of easy enough let me explain this so as you have a draft obviously you have like okay round one pick one round three pick four um it, it don't even think about that just think of it as that's pick one this is pick two pick three you know we we had uh oh i forget now 200 ish picks in our draft i wish i had that number now i sound like an idiot but so basically, um, Brees Hall, he was our first overall pick uh, in the Caper League draft. So he's player number one. Uh, and as an example, Christian Watson was selected 62nd overall, so he's player 62. I think you get it. Let's move on. So what I'm doing is I'm taking that number, and I'm finding the delta between that number and what that player's value is now. Is Brees Hall player number one in fantasy? No, we already know that, but he was selected as player number one. I'll tell you his. Oh, man, where'd he go? So his value. Man, where is it? That control F is failing me. Come on now, Brees. Where you at, man? 33. Here we go. Brees Hall selected first overall. His rank now through week 10 is 48 so you subtract those the 48 now minus the one where he was drafted he's at 47. miles sanders 
he was drafted 26th overall in our draft. His rank through week 10 is 81. The 81 minus the 26, you got 55. Negative 55. It's important to remember for this, the the bad scores are negative, the good scores are positive. So what is this telling us? Is this player over or underperforming in reference to where you drafted them? This finds the difference between the player's rank from where they ranked on draft day, by ranked on draft day, meaning where we drafted them, versus where they're ranked now through week 10. Is the difference positive, which is good, or negative, which is bad? I'll probably refer to this <clears throat> as the player's quote-unquote score moving forward. But let's go through these. We'll start with the bad. Let me get a sip of water. <clears throat> All right. Man, doing a little Kellen Love voice really takes it out of you. Okay, let's start with the bad. Our worst value, when you compare where they are now with performance compared to where they were drafted, but a.k.a. the expectation, it's Kyle Pitts to Eric. His score is a negative 166. He is the 187th ranked player currently, and he was drafted 21st overall. Hence, 187 minus 21 equals 166. So there you go. Next on the list, David Montgomery to Skull. His score is one, uh, negative 141. Then we have Rashad White to Chris Barnes, negative 126. Uh, two players at negative 122, and they both belong to Rico. Drake London, George Pickens. You'll probably see three in a row. A lot of rookies here. I'll address that in a minute. Najee Harris is next, negative 117 to Joe. Then we have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, also at negative 117. That's Rick's guy. And two more guys at negative 117. And they play on the same team now. Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool. Mooney for Rick after that trade. And Chris Barnes has Claypool. Uh, a couple more of these. Then we have Zeke at negative 109 to Eli. Then Alec Pierce to Joe, negative 105. At negative 104, we have Christian Watson. Negative 103, KJ Osborne. So... A lot of rookies in there. Since we are in a keeper league, obviously we're going to be overdrafting the rookies, especially early on. So that makes sense. I wouldn't take it personally at all if you got a lot of guys that I just listed off that have the negative scores. I wouldn't worry about it. Let's go to the good. Our best value for this exercise is Jalen Hurts. Rick's guy now. He has a positive score of 213. He was drafted at 216th, and he is the third best player in fantasy currently. It's a hell of an asset to have. Next up is Tua, my guy, uh, 11 points behind at 202. Then we have Kirk Cousins, who's nothing more than a white Dak Prescott. But his score is 186, that Singer's guy. Then we got Justin Herbert to Chris Barnes for 184. Then Brendan, just pride and joy, Josh Allen, 173. At 150, we've got A.J. Brown, the first non-quarterback on this list. Um, that's my guy. A couple other guys. we got Devontae Adams right after him at positive 148. Obviously, all these are positive. They're good. Uh, then we have Dallas's defense for Sco at a plus 145. Then Cordero Patterson also to Sco at 141. Buffalo's defense, 139 to Singer. Last one, Alan Lazard, Brendan, 138. 
Oh, tied uh, is one at one thirty eight is Ramon J. Stevenson for Joe. So, okay, that's the good. Let's look at the average. The average of all players with a number. There are a lot of NAs, um, players that are dropped now, um, or free agents. Not going to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, but the average of this group is a score of fourteen, and that's Amon Ra, St. Brown, our sun god. Um, okay, let's look at keepers only. So obviously this is draft only since they're keepers. Our lowest scoring keepers, we already ran through a lot. Well, I am beside myself right now. I finished the whole damn segment and it cut me off. So we're going to do this again. You guys are lucky I like you. Because I was ready to call it a night. Ugh. Okay, let's do this again. So let's go to the lowest scoring keepers. A lot of these are kind of people we already talked about because they were at the top of the, the value list for the worst anyway. But Kyle Pitts for negative 166 to Eric. David Montgomery, negative 141 to Sko. Najee Harris, negative 117 to Joe. Clyde, negative 117 to Rick. Darnell Mooney, also negative 117 to Rick. Chase Claypool, almost uh, also negative 117 to Chris Barnes. Zeke, negative 109 to Eli. DJ Moore, negative 97 to Singer. Brandon Cooks, negative 86 to Rick. And DeAndre Swift, negative 80, negative 80 to Singer. Let's look at the good. The highest scoring keepers. Again, we already talked about a lot of these guys at the end of the list, too. Jalen Hurts, plus 202 to Rick. Tua, plus 202 to Kellen. Kirk Cousins, plus 186 to Singer. Justin Herbert, plus 184 to Chris Barnes. Josh Allen, plus 173 to Brendan. A.J. Brown, the first non-QB, is plus 150 to Kellen. And then Devontae Adams, uh, just behind him, at plus 145 to Eli. <clears throat> Let's look at the lowest, quote-unquote, scoring draft selections now. <clears throat> the rookies lead the way. Rashad White, negative 126 to Chris Barnes. Drake London and George Pickens, both with a score of negative 122 to a Rico. Uh, both to a Rico. Alec Pierce, negative 105 to Joe. And Christian Watson, negative 104 to Arico. Arico and Chris Barnes hammered those uh, rookies, so this makes sense. Let's look at the veterans as the low scoring draft selections. KJ Osborne, negative 103 to Eric. Kareem Hunt, negative 8 to Rick. Uh, let's look at the highest scoring draft selections now. The, the positive. Baltimore was plus 100 to Eric. Trevor Lawrence was plus 61. I drafted him, but dropped him, and now he belongs to Eli. Our boy, Jamal Williams, with those three tutties today. Uh, that's not even taken into consideration yet, but he's at plus 50. That is Joe's guy. And then Paris Campbell, plus 28 to Singer. I have this full list. If you guys want it, it might help you uh, while you're listening to this. And you can look at your team, see how you did. If you want it, I got it. Okay, now... Let's look at the, the total list. I have it broken into position. So with these players in the top 205, we can look at it positionally. Who's the top? Who's the bottom? So a couple of guys we already talked about. We'll start with quarterback. We've already talked about Jalen Hurts, plus 213 to Rick and Tua. It's plus 202 to Kellen. Um, we already kind of talked about this. Let's talk about the, the bad here. There's only one quarterback. In the top 205 with a negative score. And that's our boy, Matthew Stafford, to Eli. 
with a score of negative 37. The next worst on this list is Kyler Murray, also to Eli, with a score of 15. Then we have Patrick Mahomes, which is surprising. Um, but, it's, again, it's just all compared to draft value and all that. So uh, that's Chris's guy, Chris Barnes. His score is 28. Then we have Tom Brady to Eric uh, with a score of 31. At running back, start with the good. Cordell Patterson, Sko's guy, score of 141. And reminder, Stevenson, Joe's guy, 138. Austin Eckler, Chris Barnes's guy, score 104. And we got Raheem Mostert. Joe's guy, score 92. Uh, next guy's up, James Conner to Arico, Kamara to Singer, Nick Chubb to Rick, Jamal Williams to Joe. Let's look at the bad running backs. David Montgomery uh, headlines this list. That's Sko's guy. His score is negative 141. Then we got Rashad White for Chris Barnes, negative 126. Clyde for Rick, negative 117. Also at negative 117 is Najee to Joe. Other guys, Zeke to Eli, Tyler Algier for Rico, Deontay Foreman for Sko, and Kareem Hunt for Rick. Then DeAndre Swift to Singer and Jonathan Taylor for myself. Brutal. Again, we're still in the top 205, but it's not the greatest metric. <clears throat> Wide receiver. Um, A.J. Brown, we've touched on. He's the top of this list for the good. He's a, he has a score of plus 150. Just behind him, though, is Devontae Adams. And A.J. Brown's my guy. Devontae Adams is next for Eli. Score of 148. Then we got Lazard for Brendan at plus 138. And then Gabe Davis for Rico at 137. Next guys up are Jacoby Myers to Rick, Terry McLaurin to Eric, Devin DuVernay to Eli now uh, after that trade. Juju to Rick, DeAndre Hopkins to Rico, Brandon Ayuk to Rico. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, that's the end of the scores that are 100 or better. Let's look at the bad wide receivers. George Pickens is at the bottom with a negative 122. That's a Rico's guy, as well as Drake London with a score of negative 122. Then a couple of Bears guys, Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney, are both negative 117. Mooney is Rick's guy. Claypool is Chris Barnes's guy. Next guys up are Alec Pierce for Joe. Uh, Christian Watson for Rico and KJ Osborne for Eric. Tight ends, Travis Kelsey is the runaway leader on this one. He's got a score of 132. That's my guy. Next up is Dallas Goddard. So I said Kelsey was a plus 132. Goddard is a plus 64. He's next on this list. Travis Kelsey's got himself some value in this league. Uh, Dallas Goddard is a Rico's guy. Again, plus 64. Then Zach Ertz for Rick, plus 56. Uh, guys at the bottom, Kyle Pitts, just awful. Negative 166 for Eric. Next worst is TJ Hawkinson with a score of negative 73. What a gap. And that's Joe's guy. Then after Hawkinson is Kittle Pisco for negative 39. Uh, kicker and defense will do quickly. Uh, suck up leads the way, plus 61. That's Eric's guy. And then Tyler Bass is Rick's guy. Uh, with a negative 38. For Tyler Bass is the leader of the bad. For defense, Dallas leads the way for the good at a plus 135. Not far behind. Uh, that's Sko. Sko's defense. Not far behind is Buffalo for Singer at 139. Then Tampa at 105. Bad defenses. Arizona is 30. Denver, 49. San Francisco, 82. Those are the only... Actually, those are all, those are all the defenses in the top 205. So it's really hard to nitpick. They're all positive, so not too bad there. 
Okay. I think next. Okay. So we had our players in the top 205. Now what I wanted to see is on each team, how many players in these top 205 did we all have? So, and who had the most? Obviously, we have to turn this into a competition, right? Who had the most, who had the least? <clears throat> so Rick leads the way. He has 21 players on his current roster that are in the top 205 players in the league. Then it's Eli with 19. Then a two-way tie for third. Brendan and Eric each have 18. Then a three-way tie at 17 uh, for Rico Singer and Sco. Then a three-way tie for last, which is uh, 16 players in the top 205. That's with myself, Chris Barnes, and Joe. So you might be wondering, like I thought when I first saw this, how the hell do I have the, how am I tied for the fewest players in the top 205? I, I don't, my team is dominant. How does that happen? Well, let's get to this next metric. I'm calling it average positional rank. So every player has a ranking, obviously, um, and a positional ranking. So, for example, Josh Allen, he's quarterback two on the year. Darius Slayton is wide receiver 61 on the year. What I did, I went through each player, and I just stripped out the position from that. So um, Josh Allen is QB2. I just gave him a value of a two. Darius Slayton, wide receiver 61. His value is 61. So this isn't overall rankings. So the running back one and the quarterback one and the wide receiver one are all going to have a one as value. So I'll get to the overall rankings later. Obviously, there can only be num one number one and one number two, but this one is positional. It's just if you're wide receiver one, you get a one. So, um, so that is, you know, to bring a full circle, how is my dominant team tied for last in number of players in the top 205? The answer is, when you look at the average positional rank, what I just explained, I run away with it here. So I am number one on this list with an average positional rank on my team with players in the top 205 currently on my roster with 16.25. Next up is Singer, and he's all the way at 20.06. Um, before I read through the rest of the list, so if you remove me from this list... Singer would be number one with 20, a score, a rank, an average rank of 20.06, and Chris Barnes would be last with a, an average rank of 26.75. It's a little more than a six point difference. But then you add me in the mix, and my score is 16. So I almost, I add quite a margin to this list. So I lead the way. I'm number one, 16.25. Then Singer, 20.06. Then Eric, 21.33, just behind Singer. Then even closer behind Eric is Rick, 21.76. Eli, 22.63. Sko, 22.65. Joe, 23.06. Brendan, 24.56. Arico, 24.59. Chris Barnes, 26.75. On to the next one. Now we have the overall rank. This is where only one player can be number one. Only one player can be number two. I think you get it. Again, I lead the way here. My average overall rank on players in the top 205 that are on my current roster. My, my average is 66.25. Next closest is Singer with an 87.88. And just behind him, three points behind him is Rico with an even 88. Then Rick with a 93.57. Then Sko with a 98.53. 
Then we got three guys so close. Eric with 100.89, Eli with 100.89. It's amazing that we have a tie. And then Joe with 102.63. In ninth is Brendan, 107.67. In tenth, Chris Barnes, 118.56. Now, to go back to what I started with, the the difference from draft quote-unquote value to ranking today. Where were you taken in the draft? versus where you rank now. That's That was the whole first part of this. Um, what I called the quote-unquote score. So since I had that for every player, now is fairly easy to assign a total for each team. So I, I this isn't an average. I summed all those numbers. I lead the way, and everyone is positive, so that's good. There are no negatives here. It'd be really bad if there were any negatives, but there aren't any. Everyone's positive. I lead the way with a score of 825 total on my team. Then there's Eric with 613, Singer with 611, Joe with 570, Rick 491, Sko 416, Eli 411, Chris Barnes 405, Brendan 403, Ulrico 309. So quite a range there. The high is 825, the low is 319. You know, it's pretty incredible for for my argument. Um my score of 825 comes with the fewest amount of players. Remember, I was last place with number of players in the top 205, tied with Chris Barnes and Joe. So I think that is it for this part. What I do have, I'm not going to read through this. I don't know what to do with this information, but if you want it, let me know. I have everybody's current rosters with the players that are in the top 205. I have the players' names versus the – not versus – in addition to that player's positional ranking. So it's fun to look at. I looked at some of these. Some of you have really friggin' good teams that are better than you would think. Some are the opposite. Some are like, oh my God, what is this guy doing? So it's fun to look at if you want it. For example, like uh, Chris Barnes has Patrick Mahomes, QB1, Justin Herbert, QB12, Tyler, Taylor Haneke, QB27, Austin Eckler, running back one, James Robinson, run, uh, running back 35. You kind of see it like that. So you can see positionally how strong is your team. Anyways, I think that's it for my spreadsheet action. Now, I'm going to go into um, kind of some team analyses um, for each team. So, um, kind of some quick season recaps based on record. Um, you'll, you'll, you'll see what I'm getting at here. So, we'll start with my team. I am 9-1. and one. I only have one loss. It was week 5 to Eli. All wins other than that. Um, and I have one, two, three, four, five weekly uh, weekly high score wins. Um, that's something I've been calling out on the pod. Who had the highest score of the week? That's what I mean by that. <clears throat> my high score on the year was week one, 231.61 points. My low score uh, on the year was the week I lost to Eli, 118.36. I got smoked by Eli, though. Another metric I came up with <coughs> was the difference. What's the difference between your high score and your low score? That's kind of your, your floor and your ceiling. So um, I wasn't quite sure what to make of the difference. Do you want a high one? Do you want a low number? I wasn't quite sure. And after looking at it, I think you want a high difference because when the teams with the highest differences, which I'll get to in a, in a bit, the highest difference teams also had the highest scores. <coughs> Excuse me. Highest scores. Uh, doing this segment twice has really done a number on my voice. So basically the teams with the highest difference 
They have the highest ceilings. They're kind of the, the high performers. They have the highest explosion chance. So I think you want a high difference number. I think I've said that enough, I'll move on. But my difference between my high and my low score was 113.25. Next team is Brendan. Brendan's record. Where you at, Brendan? Make my team great again, five and five. Brendan started with a loss, but then rattled off three wins in a row. Strong comeback there. Then he lost again in week five, one in week six. Two game losing streak, week seven and eight. Then he won in week nine, lost in week 10. So a little bit of back and forth minus a three game winning streak, which really helped him out. Brendan does not have any weekly contest wins. His high score on the year is 167.78. He has the lowest highest score so far this year, which is a problem. And getting into that difference that I mentioned, that ceiling and floor difference, he's got the lowest in the league at 52.46. That helps my argument there, that you want that high difference because it means you have a high floor. Brendan's low, um, low score on the year is 115.32. Next team is Eric. Easy breezy. He's six and four. Start off with a win, then a loss, then three wins in a row. Loss, win, win, loss, loss. So Eric is on a little bit of a skid right now. He needs to turn it around. Um, stop the losing right now. His high score, oh, he has no weekly high score wins. His highest score on the year is 182.24 in week five. His low score on the year is 115.32. His difference is 66.92. He's on the lower end, but he's not as low as Brendan's. Eli is next. Boats and Young Hoes is 3-7, and seven, and Eli had a tough start to the season. He went 0-4, then he got his first win of the season in Week 5 against me with an offensive explosion of 183.82. He then went on to lose the next three games, and now he's on a two-game winning streak. So Eli's hot. Um, his high score, he has one weekly high score win. <clears throat> And it was week nine, where he blew up for 193.15 points. His low score on the year is 97.18. So his difference on the season is the floor versus ceiling, 95.97 points. Which is kind of middle of the pack. Next up, Chris Barnes, me and my homies. He's two and eight. It's been a season to forget for Chris Barnes. Started out 0-3, got his first win of the season in Week 4, and his only other win was Week 7, where he got a weekly high score. Wow. Uh, that is his highest score of the year, 187.52. His low score in the year is 109. His difference, 78.52. Also on the lower end of middle of the pack. Joe Barnes is next. All about the Jeffersons is 7-3. They started the season off with a win. Then they had a loss, and then two wins in a row. Loss, win, loss. And now they have a three-game winning streak. Way to go, Joe. He has no weekly high score wins. His highest score on the week was 181.02. His low was 109.89. It's a difference of 71.13, which is the second lowest in the league. Next team, Singer. 
WDP is four and six. Um, kind of alternated wins and losses here. Loss, win, loss, loss, win, loss, win, win, loss, loss. So, now four and six record, that checks out. Singer does, though, have two weekly contest wins. Uh, weekly, well, week high contest wins. Um, weeks five and weeks eight, he was the highest scoring team in the league. His highest score so far of the year was his week eight score of 210.71. That is an explosion. However, his lowest score of the year is the lowest low in the league, 86.23. I forgot to mention, I think I forgot to mention, I have the highest lowest score in the league at 118.36. Singer's difference is 124.48, which is the biggest in uh, in the league. So he's got the second highest score on the season, and he's got the lowest low score of the season. So that checks out. <clears throat> Next team, Rick. Death taxes, Rams defense is four and six. Uh, they also traded wins. Win, loss, win, loss, win, until loss, 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 loss. They got a win last week. Way to go, Rick. <clears throat> Way to turn the, turn the tables around. That four-game losing streak hurts, though. Rick does not have a weekly uh, high score contest win. His high score on the year is 189.25, and as low as 91.63. That difference is right in the middle, 97.62. On to Sco. The defending champ is 3-7. and seven. Uh, it's been a tough one. He went loss. He did get a win in week two. Then three consecutive losses. Then back-to-back wins. And he's been losing ever since. No weekly highs. Uh, his high score on the year is 181.08. His low is 109.74. It's a difference of 71.34. Final team. Orico. The Todd father is 7-3. and three. Uh, Just one two-game losing streak. Uh, in weeks three and four. But other than that, he, he won his first two weeks. Then he was back down to 500 after that two-game losing streak. Then he won two in a row again, lost in week seven. And he's on a three-game winning streak now. This past week, week 10, was uh, his only week 10, uh, I'm sorry, week uh, high score. I, I forgot how to talk, boys. I'm doing this twice is just killing me. Um, his high score on the year, 205.53. His low score, 107.91. His difference is 97.62. That is that for uh, the kind of team record recaps. As a league, we average 1,475.84 points per week. Um, and I do have the averages. I have the medians too, but I did that for the auction league. I don't think that was needed. So I'm just going to do the averages. Sorted by the averages, I have the highest average, weekly average in the league. I average 180.99 points per week. Uh, then Rico is about uh, 19 points behind me, almost exactly, at 161.00. Exactly 161. Rick, just behind Matt, at 157.55. Then Singer at 146.82. Then Sko at 141.62. Brendan, 141.34. Eli, 141.09. Eric, 139.98. Chris Barnes, 135.78. Joe Barnes, 134.59.
We're in the home stretch here, boys. Mm. <clears throat> All-time high scores. We only have four. I, I wanted this to be a top ten. Remember, the rule was you had to crack 200 to be on it. We only have four scores so far. <coughs> the number one score so far this year is my week one score of 231.61. In second place is Singer's week eight score of 210.71. In third is Matt's week eight score of 205.53. So both those guys had high scores in week eight. That was a big week. Yeah, we as a league, we scored 1,600 points that week. Well. Wow. Then the only the, the last score on here, my week six score, 202.59. <clears throat> okay, this will be a fun one. We got over under here, as you as you guys probably remember. Hopefully you remember. Um, I did over unders for each team. I, I set an over under line after the draft, before the season started. I set a line. You guys voted over or under each team. Are they going to be over or under that line? So. I have that over-under line that I set. I saved that. I will remind you of that line. I will tell you how many wins each team has now. So are they going to be... Do we think they'll come in over or under? Or is that right in the sweet spot? Am I, did I nail the over-under line? We'll see. Um, <clears throat> and then we'll see how you guys voted. Did you guys pick my line correctly? Or did uh, Commissioner Vegas win? Let's start with mine. My team, uh, my over-under was 10.5. Through week 10, I have nine wins. So I was probably a little low. I think I'll probably exceed the 10 and a half wins. I better, or the wheels really fell off. Um, so I'm at nine. Need to get to 10 and a half to hit my over-under total that was set before the year. How did you guys vote? Uh, you guys hit the over by a score of five to three. Uh, that's right. We only got eight votes. So um, shame on you for on the two that didn't vote. For those that did participate, thank you. That means we get to do fun stuff like this. <clears throat> um, so yeah, on to the next team. Arico, line was set at eight and a half. Through 10 weeks, he has seven wins. So it's probably, probably pretty close. Probably pretty close. He might get another game uh, in addition to that eight and a half. Nine, yeah. uh, not a bad guess, though, by the command. So... How did you guys vote for Matt? The Todd Father, you guys hit the over. Five votes for the over of eight and a half and three for the under. I think the over crowd is probably right. Next up is Rick, who is also, uh, who all, the line was also set at eight and a half for him. Rick has been boned by bad luck. He only has four wins through 10 weeks. So I think that over under was probably a little high. And you guys went down with the ship. You went down with me because seven of eight voted for the over on Rick's line. We're all wrong, except one person. Singer is next. His line was set at seven and a half. He has four wins. Uh, that line might be pretty close. Might be a little bit high. Might be right on, though. How did the league vote? What the? How do you spell singer? Why can't I find this? Here we go. Uh, the under wins. Five people voted for the under and three for the over of uh, seven and a half. <clears throat> I'd say the under. I think you guys probably nailed it with the under on that one. I think singer's going to fall just a little short. Sorry, singer. Next up, Sko. The over under, the defending champ. Uh, the line was set at nine and a half. Swing and a miss. Sko's got three wins. 
Uh, I don't think he's, well, he's mathematically not going to hit nine and a half. So um, that's an easy discussion there. And the vote was split four and four. Um, so the under crowd, you guys win. Next up, Brendan. The over-under was set at five and a half. He's currently at five wins, so I think Brendan is going to exceed his over-under total. And his vote was also split four and four. So, um, over-crowd. Yeah, I think you called that one right. Brendan, way to exceed expectations. This one hurts. Next one's Eli. The line was set at eight and a half, and Eli has three wins. Uh, the under is going to be the victor. And the league voted for the under. Five votes out of eight for the under for Eli. <clears throat> Next up, Eric. We got three more, boys. Eric's line was set at four and a half. Eric already has six wins. Eric has already exceeded expectations. He and Joe were the main two positive surprises um, this year. Love to see it. So the over crowd. Let's see how many people voted for the over. The under won. Five people voted for the under, three for the over. Those three that voted for the over, a four and a half for Eric. You nailed it. Chris Barnes is next. Another swing and a miss by the commission. Eight and a half was the over underline set, and he has two wins so far this year. Holy moly. Um, let's see how you guys voted. Oh, we, we were all wrong. <laughs> Six votes for the over of eight and a half, two for the under. We were all wrong about Chris Barnes. Chris, you let us all down. What the hell happened? Yikes. Last team, Joe Barnes. The over-under was set at five and a half, and like I mentioned, he and Eric were the, the great surprises for the good this year. Over-under was set at five and a half. Joe already has seven wins. Good on you, Joe. I'm proud of you. How did people vote? We had no faith in Joe. The under received seven votes. He over-received this one. It's probably Joe. Joe, you proved the haters wrong. I like it. You keep on going, buddy. All right, guys. That might be it. My, it, I think it has to be because my voice just has nothing left. Uh, this is a 30-minute segment, and there was already more, and this is my second time doing it. If this doesn't upload, I'm going to take a long walk off a short bridge. It's, it, I just can't. Um... I hope you guys enjoyed it. I think I went a little more into the woods um, than I intended to. Um, but I hope you got some value in it. And again, if you want the spreadsheets, I can send them to you. Um, might help follow along. But I'm going to shut the hell up now. I'm tired of talking. Uh, stick around for the outro. A couple more announcements coming. But uh, peace out, boys. Guys, thank you for listening. Well, I hope you listened because that took some time to put together. I realized the weekly grind of previews and reviews was getting very dry, so I wanted to throw something different your way. So if you listened, I hope you enjoyed it. One final reminder, let me know if you want the spreadsheet I used to do all of this. I'm happy to send it over. That's it though, boys. My voice is tired. My brain is tired. Kellen Love is in my house somewhere doing God knows what, but... This took me a few hours to put together, so this coming week will probably be a very light podcasting week. If any guillotine leaguers listen, we'll have our execution on Tuesday, uh, and then hopefully a little week 12 preview to kick off our new execution period, but keeper and auction league, I don't know if I got anything else in me <laughs> for this week. 
Um, so I'll leave you with a wish of happy Thanksgiving. I wish you all safe commutes and great times with family. Enjoy and tell them all that Kellen Love and I each said how well. I'm going to go rest my voice. I need some healing. Maybe a little sexual healing, baby. But for today, the commish is out.